Now, first of all, how you doing today? You doing good? Yeah, I'm doing straight. <laughs> now, like I said, I wanted you to come back on because it was something that you was talking about earlier in regards to, you know, school, mm-hmm. you know, being in college in your 30s. <laughs> and I felt like I felt like it was a, a serious topic that I believe a lot of men and women will relate to because, like I say all the time, like to me, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like I understand, you know, like, like when you're young in high school, like the ideal way of thinking or like the dream is to, you know, graduate college at 23, 24. And be done. Yeah. And be done, <laughs> you know, and get your master's, go like go straight yeah. into your career. And, you know, from then work, make the money you want to make, get a house, a car, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. You got a plan though. And in life. Yeah. But I'm saying like, like, as you see, like with yourself, like to me, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think. I guess it's a negative thing to be in your 30s and finishing up, you know, your master's or like finding your career path in your 30s. Because I feel like a lot of black men and women go through the same things. I know. And I think it's because I always I take it because I, I know like, OK, I know what to tell my son. You know what I mean? When he, as he's getting older, um, definitely not going the same path. But I think it's because as kids, we were always told. Throughout our 12 years of school, I mean, you know, well, starting in kindergarten, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what do you want to be when you grow up and you need to go to college in order to get a good job? That's what we was told primarily the entire time. So you're thinking as you're growing and developing and everything and you look up and it's like, oh, it's junior year of my you know, high school career. And they you you supposed to have it already figured out the way that they used to make it feel you know what I mean? Okay, hold up. Okay, so so going back then, you know, back then when like people used to say, you know, about like like what do you want to be when you grow up? Like what did you say back then? I said pediatrician. <laughs> so like where did it switch? Like where where did the change come? Because the workload. Um, I think as a eighteen year old or well seventeen year old at that time, I did start off as a biology major but you take on different interests at the same time so I was like in band and everything marching band and stuff like that so it yeah. took it took a load that took I was like on it's school. good thing you mentioned band because that's something I want to talk about later based off of you know something I was watching last night so we're gonna get back to that but <laughs> but no like I mean I had school like that was what was paying for school marching band scholarship so mm-hmm. I had to put all of my primary time into that and I was lacking in, you know, my academia area in, in regards to okay, hold being on. a biology. So, so at the time when you were doing the marching band, what was your major at that time? It was biology, pre-med. So I was I was originally on yeah. the track to become a pediatrician. I mean, but like with a major like that, like that's not an easy major. So like when you have a at major all. like that, like you can't have so many like outside, you mm-hmm. know, entities, like whether it be football, basketball, band, no. because like that's going to take up so much of your time that you need to study anyway. And I had teachers, I had professors tell me that they was like, mm-hmm. well, how long are you going to do band? And I'm like, well, it's paying for my school. Yeah. So I, I don't know how to balance both at that time. I mean, it's paying for the school, but you got to pass the classes to stay in the school. Yeah. The problem was we was traveling too much. So I was never in the classes. And so it became one of those things to where it did. But were you studying while you traveled? Or it was just... We just we just hit the drums and no books. Uh, you know you're 18. You're on you traveling and you, so you know what I mean. No studying. I, you you did, but you did the best you could while trying to enjoy your freshman year of college mm. at the same time and do extracurricular. So it's one of the things to where I just wish that we were told more in high school because like you know you think in biology oh it's the same biology in high told school. more about what like the difficulties or like how to yeah, balance the workload and, and between that and also understanding that it's okay to not feel pressure to just pick because you know 
to just pick something when you're 17 or 18, mm. you know, and I think they don't give you time to kind of actually grow and kind of find your interests, honestly. I mean, that's why, like, when I went to college in New York, like, I had a, a professor, he told me, you know, because he asked me, he said, what do I want to do? I said, I don't know. So he said, you know, just make your major liberal arts for now so that that way you take all the core classes that you need. Mm-hmm. So I got my associates in liberal arts. So then after that, any major I went into, like all you of my core it. classes was already taken out. Right. But now if I would have went in, cause I, I think the major I wanted to do was like, I forgot it was just something so dumb, like engineering or something stupid. That ain't dumb. So, <laughs> no, no, I'm saying having a major like that is dumb if you don't know what you want to do because that's I'm going to take so many classes that's okay. strictly engineering mm-hmm. switch or change my major then most of the classes that I took mm-hmm. they don't trend like they don't apply to my new major that's true and that's the issue a lot of people have that's why I tell people all the time like just do liberal arts if you unsure so then that way any any major you do or the core classes you need you took them already Right. And I also would like to emphasize, um, I know where I was at in school, they didn't emphasize the importance of if you don't know what to do, community college. They just kind of was like on this whole, you know, getting into a four year school and you can't and you're there and you're like, I really don't 100 percent know if I want to do this. I've never even shadowed a pediatric, you know, like in that sense of stuff to where it's just like I just jumped myself out there. But I feel like if people who don't know, it's OK to take the basic general education classes over at a community college is cheaper for one. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. less debt. You know, you it's most unlikely that you're going to get into debt or anything like that. And then that way it gives you time to kind of find your interest and everything as you're growing to kind of figure out like, okay, what it is that I'm interested in by certain classes that you're taking. I mean, but then if you go to our community, it's just like, Community, like community college is kind of laughed at or scoffed at. Like, oh, it you, is. you go to that community yeah, college. But to is. me, it's not a bad thing because like you said, you got to start somewhere. Exactly. Like, I agree. And I also, but that's what I'm saying. If you, especially if you don't know what you want to do mm-hmm. at that time. Now there is some individuals and, it's cheaper. and there, but there are some individuals that's 17 and 18 and they know for a fact, no, this is what I want to do. I watch my parents or, you know, somebody that they looked up to do this, that I've been around it. That's what I want to do. And they were able to accomplish those goals within four years. Boom, got out and, you know, went on about their life. However, the majority, the majority not going to be done not in four do years. That. Absolutely not. And then a lot of times you find yourself going back because you got these degrees and stuff that mm-hmm. a bachelor's doesn't, you get paid the same as a, a high schooler. Like mm-hmm. they just started off. So it's, they tell you like, okay, you got your bachelor's and then you're like, you go into the field and they're like, oh yeah, well you need a little bit more experience or, oh, you need a, um, you need a master's to get paid more. And you be over mm-hmm. there like, then what, you know what I'm saying? So then you got to go back. You ain't got you don't have the money for that. So of course mm-hmm. that calls grants and yeah. student loans and stuff start coming into play then. And then it's just kinda like it's just a never ending cycle. But like I said, there's so many ways now to where you can have a, a career job, but you can still make money. You can have multiple streams of income, especially now where you know like you could you could live in Atlanta and reach people in Paris and in Greece just like it's so many ways to generate multiple streams it, it of income. Is. It is now, but compared to back then, back then, yes. But now these, we, we're, you're talking about individuals who was told all their life that yeah. college was the way, and that was how you're going to yeah. make your money. And so now you're telling them that there's multiple streams of income, and all oh, going to your passions and stuff. And now they're like, "Well, I don't even know what my passion is." I mean, is but anymore. then I've I mean, been in but, school all these years. Yeah, but going off that, a lot of people figured out their passion, especially during the pandemic. You know, having to sit home. Not be able to work, you know, whether it be OnlyFans or whether it be, you know, starting a, you know, like a a, a hair business or anything. People have yeah. figured out ways. And then like now when you go to McDonald's, you go to, to like Publix, 
all these stores, mm-hmm. they got signs, you're now hiring. We need people because people figured out ways to make more money mm-hmm. as opposed to just sit around and be told when they could take lunch. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad that they, I'm glad the pandemic, even though it was an unfortunate circumstance, it did it bring was a out positive a, lot, in a lot of ways, a lot of ways to kind of figure out what it is, reassess your life or where you currently at. You mm-hmm. know, you're sitting at home and you're just reassessing like, do I really feel like going back to work or do I feel like going back to this job or do I want to pick up now is the time for me to, I don't know, write a book that I've been lacking off of, of doing, you know? And I just, I mean, I think that the pandemic did cause like, you know what I'm saying? For people to really think about that. Yeah, because I seen a story yesterday. I forgot what state it was, but it was a woman. She was working at a supermarket, you know, during the pandemic. She she said, you know, it was a job she hated. But then it was a it was a woman that came in there. She had just opened up a lawyer firm and she saw, you know, she had great customer service skills, how hard she worked. Mm-hmm. So she offered her a job doing that. So now she has a job that pays more mm-hmm. benefits and everything as opposed to just, you know, stock apples every day. I mean, that's a blessing though that she got, you know, put in that position. But like I, you know, in regards to... I just wish that we told, they told us as we were younger, which we will have the opportunity to do for our own kids. You know, I mean, but, but you're right. We should have those classes in school that, you know, teach, you know, African-Americans, young black men and women, you know, how to manage money, how to, you know, make they, better decisions. Yeah. But we don't have those classes or trades. Um, they don't even they don't even tell you about trade schools and stuff. So it's just they used to have those type of schools, I guess, back when our grandparents, you know, like the, mm-hmm. they used to went into cosmetology and, you know, kind of figure out their niche home yeah. egg or whatever. But they don't even have those anymore so it's just kind of like you on your own trying to figure it out and then you look up and you like well, now i'm 30 i mean it sucks but <laughs> life passed you by but i mean something i want to talk about now you know you a big usher fan mm-hmm. i think you know I, wait wasn't it back in high school like you had like a like your, your email name was like usher usher e or something like that <laughs> it was usher Aaron. <laughs> yeah. now I, um, it's something coming out on, on Netflix. I don't know if it's a documentary or a series where, and T-Pain came out yesterday and he said that Usher told him that he ruined the music with his auto tune. Now mm. I want to play you. Hold on. This is a little clip of, this is what T-Pain said. Anybody that's the first in doing something, that was the first person to do. It's never appreciated. It's always somebody that comes after them that has more respect. Oh, that's not the whole clip. <laughs> <laughs> No, but what he said. Like, no, he said he was flying to the award show. He was on the plane with Usher. And, you know, a couple other people. He said T Pain said he was asleep, and Usher had the flight attendant come wake up T Pain. And T Pain said that when he woke up, you know, Usher wanted to speak to him about music, and mm-hmm. he said that Usher told him, "Yo, you know, man, with Auto Tune, you kind of ruined music. You messed up music." And and T Pain, no, no, hold on. But T Pain said that after Usher told him that, it sent him into like a a depressive state or like just like a like a like an aura of like self-doubt for about three to four years because like someone who is you know of usher's caliber t- yo you messed up music he said it kind of put him in like a i know it, it's hypocritical because he he, he came he, out with songs that I, used auto tune and that's exactly yeah. what i was just about to I, say i know i'm over here oh my what was that little omg oh song God. that's the first thing i thought yeah. of when you said that because i'm like he clearly used heavily um auto tune i mean and he first did, of but all I, T-Pain wasn't the first person to come out with auto-tune. He One Charlie was like all of them back in the day used to be using I'm, it on some of their songs. I'm saying you right, but we know the person that made it popular in the main. It was T-Pain. Like, I mean, w- yes, but... W- once T-Pain brought it out, like remember when Jay-Z came out with the song Death of Auto-Tune? Like mm-hmm. when T-Pain... Because T-Pain was hot, hot. Yeah. Like was. everything... was hot. Yeah. yeah, everything he was doing was hot. Hits, hot. Guest features, hot. Mm-hmm. So, like I can see how someone from like Usher's perspective, you know, because before... 
T-Pain, you know, he was singing, you know, traditionally. He was? He wasn't using autotune before T-Pain came out, or was he? That first song, what was that first song? Um, Sprung? That was autotune. Was, wait, what year was that? <sighs> hold up. 2000s, I, I do know that. Oh, matter of fact, hold His up. His first song was I'm Sprung. That was heavily I'm autotune. I'm talking about Usher. Oh, I you thought you were talking about T-Pain. No, T-Pain was auto oh, from yeah, day one. Usher, absolutely. He had before, to sing. Yeah. He came out during the 90s, so he had to sing. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like from that point, I kind of would say up until T-Pain, you know, really came out, like, most of his songs was just him singing, you know, regular, tradi- like, traditional R&B. Okay. But, you know, once Autotune came on the scene, and, like, it popped off crazy. Man, so people, it, if you if that's what you do, if you sing regular, then just sing. You know what I mean? Don't be trying to catch on to the wave just because cause that's exactly what he did. Yeah, but, but we seen the other year when Usher came out with the trap album, which was pan <laughs> negatively. The whole well, you like you only one that liked it was you. Uh, I liked one song, and it was the little birthday one. But what I'm saying is, is that I'm even now, you know, waiting on that true R and B album from Usher. He said, it's, he said it's coming with Jermaine Dupree. I know, and so my thing is, is that when he did the because you know what type of song that, that song is. is trash. It's not trash. It's like a little that's hype the song birthday you in the club on Friday. Oh yeah, when it's your birthday and you out <laughs> celebrating with your folks, like that's the type of song. Y'all can't tell me today that that's a, that's a whole. It's played at the strip clubs I mean, and everything. I mean, like you're right, but I'm saying like when you think about Usher and like the kind of music he made, like the kind of music he made that made us fall in love with him. That's not what you think about, right? And so that's what I'm saying. People are looking. Even then, he kind of lost his way because then he went totally pop. You know what I'm saying? So it was just kind of like, what are you doing? And then that's when he was using the auto tune. I mean, but so, everybody got a crossover at some point. Nicki Minaj does it. Drake does it. You know, with his little pop Jamaican. Just everybody got a cro- pop. Drake ain't do nothing pop. Drake ain't never do nothing pop. I mean, I ain't never considered the songs he did pop. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, o- okay. OMG, that whole look. I'm sorry. That particular. Can you please put, pull up the OMG Usher song? It's, it's, it's very popish. No, no. Like Katy Perry. Pop. Katy Perry oh, would oh, 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 I hated that song. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what Th- I'm that saying is, is that, that I, Drake ain't never did no song like that. So don't. <laughs> 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 I mean, yes, he crossed, like he do different, pull different avenues of like cultural songs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. for the islands and stuff like that. Or Miami, you know, vibe. Or, you know, but at the same time, that man ain't did no, he ain't did no pop song. Th- so. th- this ain't pop? Oh, I have powers taking a hold on me. I need a dance hold on me. Huh? That's like a dance hall Caribbean song to me. Yeah, but I'm saying, but like the music Drake made when he came out, even his first couple albums, it wasn't that. To me, but like, it's the, that's like a dance. That's like a dance hall Caribbean. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people were putting out them type of dance hall I mean, songs to, to a Caribbean life. You know what I mean? To me, that kind of like that song kind of straddles the fence between, like you said, dance hall between pop. It is not pop. Ain't nobody. <laughs> ain't nobody. Who who moving to that song? Okay, so so <laughs> so like like what do you classify as pop? Like what is pop to you? Like that Britney Spears? Own- like Britney Spears? What's her song? Oops, I did it. Like is that yeah, pop to you? Um, that she's pop. In sync was pop. Backstreet Boys was pop. Um, at one point, Christina Aguilera was pop. I mean, but you naming like those are full pop artists. Katy, P- what's her name? Kate Perry. Katy. <laughs> yeah, but those artists are they just pop from day one. Up until now, like ain't none changed in regards to you know. I mean that's not true because Justin Timberlake, he of course he straddles the fence between pop I mean, and R and B. Yeah, he straddles the fence. You know, he got a lot of black friends, so he, like that's something he does. It's good marketing. Yeah, I mean, but he's been marketing like that since he was you know became. It's so good like, marketing, but now do I think Justin Timberlake wants to make 
you know, music that appeals to black people? No, but I mean, I mean, he came out with that country album. I don't know how I did because I didn't hear. Him. Yeah, but I'm saying he has a huge black fan base, so at that point, he got to cater to his fan base, which is you know. I mean, he has a voice. I mean, his voice is nice, so I'm not even gonna do him like that. But what I'm saying is, is that mm-hmm. pop is to me is just it got that little uppity like that. You know, I don't know. It's just like I don't know. I picture when I picture pop songs, I just think I'm like I don't know riding with the you know the car you know the sun down sunroof down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the wind blowing and whatever the case may be, you just kind of. <laughs> I don't know, like that's like the image I get mm. in regards to it. But it's real, I mean, I guess it just depends on where you're yeah. from. Now the last thing I want to talk about. Now, like we don't gotta get, you know, in depth with no details or something like that, but I was watching what was the movie on Netflix with um Trevor Jackson? And it was like he was trying to join the fraternity. And remember they was hazing him? It was like Burning Sands. Burning Sands, that was the name. Remember the movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, it made me think back to, you know, like, a lot of things that go on in, like, fraternities, sororities, you know, even even in bands and things like that. And now, I want to play a news clip real quick. This is, this is um from, this is, um, uh, this was a black female. She went to um Northwestern University, and she ended up, they said, you know, committing suicide because of, you know, some of the things that went on in regards to... The situations. I'm going to play some of this news clip. This is from CBS Chicago. Suing a sorority she blames for her daughter's suicide. 19-year-old Jordan Hankins died in January of 2017. The lawsuit against Alpha Kappa Alpha alleges that hazing mm. caused her severe anxiety and depression, which led Jordan to take her own life. Now her parents are opening up to CBS this morning in their only television interview. Jerika Duncan is outside the sorority's headquarters in Chicago. Jerika, good morning. Good morning. As a result, Alpha Kappa Alpha was suspended from Northwestern's campus in 2017. In a statement to CBS this morning, they say they were deeply saddened by the death of Jordan Hankins. But still, the parents of Hankins believe the sorority, made up of nearly 300,000 members nationwide, should be held responsible for their daughter's death. She had a smile that would brighten up a room. If you were feeling low or feeling down, you know, Jordan just had this way of making you forget. From a young age, Jordan Hankins had a passion for helping others and a gift when it came to playing sports. She won a full ride to Northwestern University on a basketball scholarship. Going forward, I hope that we, like, keep the same energy. Her sophomore year, she told her parents, Felicia and Walter Hankins, she wanted to join a sorority as a way to serve others. Did hazing even cross your mind? When she first told me that she had an interest, I think most importantly, my concerns were that they were genuine in their mission. We know her as Revelation. Hankins' mom remembers watching the ceremony in which her daughter became an official member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. What was going through your mind as you're watching her? Pride, a sense of pride, a sense of relief. You know, because the process was, was over. But just seven weeks later, the 19-year-old took her own life in her dorm room. I couldn't reach her. So that was my concern. So then I just started trying to call continuously. No answer, no answer. And so, you know, ultimately, you know, she was found the next day. Even if you are part of sorority or fraternity, it could happen to your family. It could happen. And it did. A lawsuit against the sorority and nine... Ma- now, I want to stop right there because the lawsuit, I mean, like, that's personal things and things like that. But, like I said, because a lot of people have, like, a misrepresentation 
sometimes of what goes on, even though we know hazing happens. And like that was my biggest fear because, you know, growing up, you know, I used to watch like Drumline was like one of my, you know, one of my go to movies growing up. So like when I seen Drumline, I was like, like, I knew I couldn't do bad, but that's when, okay, you know, you know, fraternities and sororities kind of came across my head. But then when I went to school, you know, I went to school up north in New York City. You know, it's, it's bigger down here in the south than it is up there in the north. Mm-hmm. But we had, you know, little small things, chapters down there. I mean, up there. And I remember one hazing incident. This was in the wintertime. It was like December. You know, up north is sometimes it gets like it was like negative five degrees at night. And it was these four girls, you know, that was trying to join a chapter that we had up there at the college. And me and my friend, we was walked to the gas station. It was like 12 o'clock at night. And they was laying in the snow using like the snow as like blankets. <laughs> and we like, what the hell are y'all doing? And they said, you know, we can't go inside the dorms. I'm like, the door's open. Like the RD is sitting right there. Go inside. And they said, if we go inside the dorms, then we can't pledge no more because this is what we have to do to join the line. And again, it's negative five degrees. And it's young black girls out there laying in the snow in like short sleeves and shorts using snow as blankets. No, and, and, and that's what I'm just saying. Like, okay, so like, do you think hazing is, I, I don't want to say okay, but do you think hazing is a good tradition in regards to joining fraternities, sororities, bands, or like whatever the case may be? I will say that um, the word hazing has changed over the years. Um, changed in what way? Um, because Could it still has like a negative connotation absolutely, to it. Absolutely. Um, definitely. I 100% agree on that. But what I was saying is, is like, for example, what they... So years back, of course, Hazen has been going on from yeah, our grandparents, Decades, yeah. you know, um, this is something and it started off as something is something real mild manner, you know, um, a lot of a mental kind of like what goes on in, you know, sports, like, like you, NBA, know what I mean? you know, you're yeah, rookie. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like little small, little like goofy type things. It started off as that, you know, um, and a lot of it was more so mental so that, you know, y'all can work together as a collective unit and come up with the most smartest way to do but half of the folks just end up doing the dumbest one i mean hold on now i've seen funny ones but you know i've seen like men wear panties you know stuff like that to me that's funny like that's hazing like that is hazing but that's like comical i mean but some people so nowadays they probably can't do some of those things because these kids it just depends on the child like on regards to how much they feel like was they you know they might look at it as bullying or something i mean it may may not happen publicly but hazen still goes on Mm -hmm. because like i said even going back then with the case right here you know it goes on but you know like it's like a code of silence my question from that particular um video clip that you uh, played Mm -hmm. they didn't actually specify what it was that you know did she write a letter stating that it was because of alpha kappa you know like was it because of the sorority that she committed hazing or is that something of their assumption matter of fact hold on so let's jump back in because there's more to the story there's alleges that during post-initiation pledging jordan Mm -hmm. was subjected to physical abuse including paddling financial exploitation, sleep deprivation, and other forms of hazing intended to humiliate and demean her. The court documents say the hazing was triggering her PTSD, causing severe anxiety and depression, and that she was having suicidal thoughts. 
According to the lawsuit, she expressed that to her sorority sisters. It's unclear what her PTSD stemmed from. Brandon Vaughn is the family's attorney. Okay. You believe that if the... Yeah, it makes okay, sense so now. That's what I, was... I understand, because I was just about to say, was she already having... Did she already have these mental type of depression and anxiety before... I mean, but even on? if you don't, depending on what you go through, like certain things can become trigger points that may, you know... Yeah, absolutely. May help it start. Um... Number one, it's very unfortunate that, you know what I'm saying, that she did take her life um, due to this, you know, situation and everything. I do think that people do go too far um, in regards to... Because to me, Hazen could be like a form of bullying. You know how, like, sometimes, like, like the victim of bullying take their life? It's kind of the same way. Unfortunately, some people do take it that way. You can't can't counterclock, you know, like... Every single individual that's in a sorority or fraternity. I mean, and this goes from black sororities and fraternities mm-hmm. to white ones to no, um, there, there to it's sports, plenty of white ones to sports. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, the basketball team, the football team, like it goes beyond that. And so it's just one of the things that you can't account for every individual's beha- you know behavior of how they're going to act once um, interested people decide to come in and join the organization. So um, it's something that is just years of just being passed along. Um, you know, it was done to do me, think, so I'm gonna do it to you. Type of mentality. Yeah, but do you think it is a tradition that should be stopped, or do you think it's still like a rite of passage? Because, like you said, you know, like older members, like they had to go through hazing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, like looking at it from their point of view, like I probably would feel a kind of way if I had to get hazed, mm-hmm. and now these new ones come along, and now wait, wait, you don't got to get hazed, but I had to go through it mm-hmm. because, like, looking at it from that point of view, I can understand it from that point of view, but I feel like. It's hard to really find, you know, like a perfect alternative to hazing. But like I said, I would feel a kind of way if I like, like I said, you, you mentioned the NBA. Like if I had to go through rookie hazing, you know, go through all this kind of, you know, the hijinks. And now the new rookies don't got to do it. I, I guess because, you know, um, like I was in band and stuff. So, I, I mean, I look at it like. Even then, as time went on, and it's like people used to think or call it hazing when you had to wear a white t-shirt to the practice. I, that's the, not hazing. See, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Hazing. The term has these it, in regards to generations after you that come up after. Wait, you. wait, wait. Was it like a, a plain white t-shirt? Or did it have something on there? It's like a, a plain white t-shirt to 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 you know know that you're you're a freshman. You're you know. I mean, yeah, but to me, like like that. Yes, to you. Would, so no, that's no, what I'm I, I said that would classify as hazing. In a sense, like it's a white T-shirt. Yeah, but it could be used to kind of demean you. you like you know, like like she's here, but she ain't one of us yet. Just yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, <laughs> it's it's a thin line between trying to because I bet you know, like on the, what I'm saying is, is I've been in different like organizations and everything to where sometimes. It, it it's very extreme. I do not believe in like there there it's should very be extreme there should sometimes. be a point to where you just be like, come on now, use your common sense. You know what that that end result is going to be. However, like you know, like I said, like little small little goofy things like that. Those are things that is just kind of like traditional wise to where it's passed down, and it's just to kind of mentally get you, you know what I'm saying, in the headspace to where it's like to work together as a unit. The whole collaborative thing of you know who who you're trying to, I guess. Come, you know, come into the organization with, mm. you know, it's for y'all to build a tighter bond, if that makes sense. Now, I don't think that in regards to her situation, um, yeah, because like that's post, some- the post thing, I, I mean, you know, that. Uh, yeah, because that's something I want to get back to, you know, focusing on like strictly her case in regards mm-hmm. to, you know, the paddling, like the physical abuse and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just trying to understand, you know, in my mind, like, how would that promote a tighter bond? I told you those are just. 
some it's it's one of those traditions that came up from a long time ago unfortunately i think it stemmed from other you know cases but it, it's but is it's there not, a purpose though because like no, i said focusing on this story it's not like to get paddled to get beat to be humiliated like i'm not understanding like how that promotes a tighter bond as opposed to just creating animosity I mean, it doesn't, but I guess if, if you're 18 or nine, how I don't know how old she is, you just think that that's, mm-hmm. you know, you're just trying, she's just trying to fit in, you yeah. know what I mean? In that sense of trying to join an organization that she wants to be a part of. And so it is very for, unfortunate that, you know, they felt like that was the, you know, the route to go in that extremity of causing her to, you know, ridicule her. And I mean, it state, they stated that she did come to them about it. You know her PTSD, I mean, yeah, and her but, but but you know, like she's not the first person to come to them about it. They don't. She's not the yeah, first, but I think those things should be accounted for. You know what I mean? I do think that that's something that, as the as an organization, that's something you do have to look into. That, I mean, that, yeah, there but should be at least one individual to be like, y'all, you know. Let's I mean, you're right, it. yeah, but if you have nine people that's doing the the hazing and mm-hmm. not complaining, but you have one that stands out, then they, unfortunately, they, no, then they come off as the weak one. And the unfortunately, one that's not those. Situations like this um, could come into play. So um, I don't think that, you know what I'm saying? I, like I said, the, the word hazing has changed so much over the years. Is it still going on? Absolutely. Um, but I do think that you just should. I think people, individuals that is in these organizations should definitely think about, you know what I'm saying, the pros yeah, and cons of a lot of things. And just kind of decide on if it was done to me, you know what I mean? What is the, you know, it don't have to be done to the next group. You can't change that, you know. And so... That's just personal. But, but at that point, it's going to take a, a strong person, you know, in terms of maturity and like just mental capacity to and, break that, that uh-huh. cycle. Because and some people do do that, but it's not the case for everyone. I yeah. mean, and I'm talking about, like I said, hazing goes from, it's it goes not just back. sororities and fraternities. I mean, yes, you see, that's what they put on the news, but it'd be from sports. It'd be I from mean, but even that, but even I mean, that the gospel choir goes through I mean, hazing, but, yeah, so but, it's but like it, at, a, at a school. So but even that when sports, I remember the old commissioner, David Stern, he kind of, you know, spoke about it and, you know, things have kind of lessened since back then in regards to, you know, because back then they used to be getting hazed crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now, you know, as like the new generation gets younger and younger in regards to social media, like people are finally talking about anxiety and depression more. Right. And so um, it's I honestly, I just feel like hazing is like um, that sense of bullying. It's not going to go away. Yeah, I just think it's 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 not going to. And there's and I mean, it's one of those things to where they can't people don't want to just be like, you know, you're interested. And then they be like, all right, come on, let's have a barbecue. No, no, that's not how it's going to work. Because you're not going to respect you're not even going to respect the organization that you're part of. That's why I said it's going to create animosity in regards to like. I, I don't agree. Now, I don't agree with that to where it's just like, hey, come on, you know, but I mean, they're they there's different ways that you can go about, you know, uh, welcoming someone into. All right. Know, so so now, now the last thing I want to ask before we get out of here. Now, I guess like, like, what do you think is, <sighs> let me see how to frame this. So like, as we both said, Hazen is never just going to disappear completely. Mm-hmm. But do you think it's like a, a certain level that Hazen should go to before it's like, okay, enough is enough. Absolutely. Like, like, what do you think is like the acceptable a level of hazing. It's kind of tough to really answer that question, but it's very tough. Like, like what is the, okay, you know, we can haze, we can do this, but we can't go above this threshold. I don't even know. If I can. No, cause, all right. We're not going oh. to get you in trouble. But no, I, I mean, it got, cause it gotta be a ceiling. It, it gotta it, be a I, ceiling. I, I would say, I would say it is this. 
if you feel like your intuition or your gut feeling is telling you that it is wrong and that something is off with that particular situation, just go ahead and follow that intuition and that gut. If you feel like it's fine, it's 100 because everybody has that feeling in regards to, okay, mm-hmm. this is, you're, yeah, you're going, we're too going far. too far. It's looking and crazy. It's, yeah. And so they should not be bleeding. Definitely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so you should definitely have that. Um, if you, you feel that intuition and or, or that gut feeling, you have to say, I just feel like you should follow more so on that gut. You know what I mean? If you see that it is actually more detrimental to the individuals, um, you know, looking at them and seeing their faces and how they're reacting to it. And, you know, of course, yeah, worst at, case that scenario, point, bleeding that, and stuff. at that point, I feel like human nature should kick in. And yeah. That's when and so that's what I'm saying. It, it should. That's you should definitely follow that and be like, all right, that's enough. That's enough. You know what I mean? And come back and, you know, really don't back in. But um. I think that's 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 the primary thing that if we have more people who speak out in regards to because everybody has had that feeling like oh this isn't right you yeah. know the same way if you see somebody getting bullied and it's yeah. like you're laughing and then you look at you the, know it ain't right you look at the individual who's getting hurt you like dang you yeah. know what I mean you feel bad for him so it's just kind of one of the things to where it's like if you see more of that you'll see lesser I mean of these mm-hmm. I mean situations kind of minimize in a sense yeah. but is it fully going to go away no um, yeah, but there's but you just definitely should know the max. To what it is that you can and cannot do Like I said um, But I appreciate you for coming on Because like I said I Like Last night on YouTube You know I started You know Watching different stories And I was like Okay I feel like you could give me A good perspective on this You know In regards to Because It's some It's some things That you may have seen Or gone through mm-hmm. Or vice versa To where You can like, like I said If I come on in And talk about it I'm talking about it You know From outside the room Because I don't have That first hand <laughs> yeah. Perspective Or like that first hand Knowledge of like What may happen Mm-hmm. So like I said, I appreciate you, you know, coming on and giving some, you know, some good insight, some good in-depth analysis from somebody who may have experienced it or seen it firsthand. But like you said, I don't think hazing is ever going to go away, but I feel like we got to find, I don't want to say, yeah, we kind of got to find a peaceful alternative to where we can still, you know, make it tough for like new recruits to just like I said, like you don't just want to apply and like it's like indeed.com. Yeah, yeah like it's like get on the- yeah, it's the no because these are you know these are organizations that's been founded from the ground you know growing yeah. up and, and it's For just centuries, kinda, yeah, yeah and it's, it's just long- one of those things to where you just kind of create that because people will come and join it and don't have no respect for it and so You're I right. do think that there's you know processes and everything that you should take about it but you know just know your limit. Like I said, but I appreciate you for coming on and you know just. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, going back to the Usher thing, like I don't, I don't care what you say, I don't care about you know. But Drake, he had some pop songs. No, he did not. That's a, that is nope. so dance hall and Allenish. All right, so <laughs> hey, if that's what you believe, we gonna let it go. But I appreciate you for coming on. We out. <laughs>